Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. When I was 18 years old, a nun at my high school was brutally murdered. Getting to the truth has opened a Pandora's box of secrets, exposing abuse of power in a world of lies at one Miami monastery. I mean, the woman was stabbed 90-plus times. There's got to be something else going on here. Listen to Sacred Scandal on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money-Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money-Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories. You hear me say that every week, and I always tell people to write their own story. Tell your brand. And I always tell people to leave with their gifts. Because you know the word gifts, you're your passion. And I always tell people, don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews that I do on Money-Making Conversations, really... 
are for you. It's celebrity friends of mine, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and what I like to call industry decision makers. My guest today puts a smile on my face, David and Tamla Mann. They're the stars of Tyler Perry's Assisted Living on BET. Let me give you some background on my man, David Mann. He's the NAACP Image Award-winning actor, outstanding actor in comedy series, Meet the Brown, because you know him as Mr. Brown. And then let's get the big dumb rum roll for the lady. Tamla Mann is a Grammy Award winning, BET Award winner, Billboard Music Award winner, NAACP Image Award winner, Gospel Music Stella Award winner, GMA Double winner, actress, songwriter, producer, and businesswoman. Woo, Ty. Well, boy, I ain't tired to do this interview. David and Tamla Mann are on the show to talk about their new season of Tyler Perry's Assisted Living coming back on BET. Because you can't keep it all because it's number one. That's why. Number one with 18 to 49. Number one with 25 to 54 on cable television. 20 to 21. And it's already been renewed. Ain't that nice? Ain't that nice? Ain't that nice? Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. David and Tamla Mann. Woo! Come on, y'all. Hey! <laughs> Hello! Good morning! Well, I love it! You know, I, I, just, you, I, you know I love you. I can't. I, I love I introducing you, Tamla. I, I think I want you to do my, my eulogy at my funeral. Well, <laughs> making introductions like that. I'm going to tell you something. First of all, y'all know y'all my favorite couple. Oh, you know, what? favorite well, couple. Thank you. Obviously, y'all favorite couple for Tyler Perry, too, because, uh, you know, you guys became legends in the stage play world. And then I'll, you was able to, to turn that into your own tour. Because right before the COVID hit, you guys were touring as a family. Is it going to come back uh, in, in 2021? Or is it going to be moving to 2022 when y'all go back on the road, take the family back on the road as a tour? You know, we, we, we're just trying to juggle and get back to normal first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we're releasing new music for Tamala. And uh, right now we're just trying to maneuver and just figure out this whole new New way of normal, right? I'm look. I'm ready to go back out. I right. just, I just want everybody else to be ready too. Well, you know that's very true because uh, you know I, I will tell everybody I'm fully vaccinated. I always, I tell, I try to promote the fact that we have to get vaccinated. We have to get out there to get, full, you know, and promote the fact that no. There are no agendas. And guess what? Nothing's perfect out there. I'm not saying if you get vaccinated, you might not have some ill effects. But I will tell you this, and you and I both know, once I got vaccinated, it changed my whole perspective. I wasn't paranoid anymore. I felt safer. I felt I could get on with my life. What was your, what was each of your feedback when you got vaccinated? Well, for us, I mean, some, you know, some parts, like even when I say start with my kids, it was like, no, we're not doing it. I was like, but we're doing it. Because, like, when I go see my mother-in-law, she has some issues. I have a sister that has some issues. My, You know, it's just people that's around me that have issues. And I'm not just looking out for me. I'm looking out for them as well. And even as, you know, for the family. So we're just not, like you say, encouraging people to just, you know, do do what's right for you. Do what's right, right for you. But we we felt like it was right for And us. like you said, it, you know, it just made us less paranoid. And we're around a lot of people. We travel. And so I wanted to get back to that and, and it not just be like, oh, my God, you know, I, you know, I want to do that habit. Right. So it, it, it gave us, a, you know, it just made us feel a little safer. Right. And, and I'm, Michelle, I'm the worst because I'm, <laughs> I'm such a hugger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was scared. He was like, if you don't Somebody can have full-blown COVID and she wanted to hug. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you didn't know, but it, it was just... I'm just so used to it, so I'm just, 
I, we were at a funeral, supposed to be social distancing. Mm-hmm. She done grabbed the mic and hit the mic with her lips. No, <laughs> no, what are you doing? <laughs> but he knows what I didn't even like. People coming up to her and hug her. I said, Dude, no, no we're not even supposed to be here. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and I'm talking to David Chamlo, man, and, um, you know, any, any story that they tell us is an honest story, and it's a story about life. And the thing about it is, when we, before we, we were just talking last time I seen it, and David, you started talking about her music. And I'm just telling y'all, Tamla Mann set a historic and personal industry record. The first gospel lead artist in Billboard gospel history. Three consecutive number ones from an album. This is who we're talking about. And so I always want to bring up that diversity, because I'm also going to talk about your business, your entrepreneurship, your leisure line, and all that stuff, and your various campaigns. And then I also want to talk about the producer side that you do, David. What I like to always bring up when I bring talent like you on Money Making Conversation, people see only one side of you. They see right. the entertainment side. They see the comedic side. But you, there are layers to the man's family. Tamala, tell us about that. Well, like like you said, we started with with me. For me, we started with music. Then we started into the acting thing, and now you know, David. He pushed me. He pushed me into really being standing out, being an artist, which I'm really grateful for, because he's helped me with God's help. He's helped me become the actress and and the artist that I am today. And then even to go into the clothing line, Tamla Man Collection, uh, which is at, at Leisure Wears, you know, so for like like I have something on today. <laughs> but, but I'm just really excited about all the different things that we that we do have our hands in because we've learned that you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. That means it's like you, you're concentrating just on one thing, but sometimes you have more than just one gift. And it's just like him with, he is the mastermind of all of our little things that we have going on. And I really appreciate him pushing us even as a family. I'm a, I'm a big believer in ownership. I like ownership. I like to own my masters. I like to own, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I'm a big believer in owning. And, you know, that way you can create the narrative for yourself. Yeah. And you don't have to have somebody else to kind of, you know, navigate how you want to do it. So that that's just how I operate the business. It's just like, let's just get in there. Because with her, I told him, you have a following. People see you snatched. They want to know how you're snatched. Mm-hmm. They want to know how you look and where you get that stuff from. So she just started creating and designing her own stuff. And I was like, don't worry. I'll get somebody. We can start distributing it. And they, yeah. That's the way it was with the music. I'll find this distribution. We'll, you know, we'll produce it ourselves and make it do. Yep. So I have new music coming June 4th. A new single, Help Me. The new album is going to drop in August. Look, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. You know we'll be back. dropping in August, so I'm in it. But I'm really excited about it because I have, you know, just looking at, you know, yourself and, and David and, and really putting my hands to work. This album, I put my hands to work more than I ha- ever have with any of the other ones. Maybe because we did have the pandemic and we had more time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was writing more, just even putting, helping putting the artwork together just creating the ideas for videos. But we just want to encourage our people that we can make it happen. If we if we support each other, we can make it happen for we, each other. We know the interesting thing about it is that you're, you're a beautiful couple. And and the longevity, that 2018 book, when I had you guys on the show talking about that. And when, when because that means that it's possible 
because you know we always hear that fifty percent of the marriage ended in the divorce. What is the most? The, when I'm talking to David and Tamala Man, what advice do you give the people who struggling? Because you know you have a strong faith. We all know faith is tied to that. But what advice do you give when those moments of doubt come into a relationship? I, I always tell, like I tell my staff and tell tell everybody, there's a there's a little picture. And there's a big picture. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the big picture of it all. What what is to come? And you know, for us, even as a couple in the industry, like you were saying with divorce, we genuinely enjoy each other's company. Yeah. People ask us, "What's the key? What's the secret?" I like this woman right here, mm-hmm. and we've managed. We we just celebrated 33 years in April. And it's because we genuinely enjoy each other's company. In this pandemic, you know, you people were locked in the house 24-7 with each other. So either you you discovered, I really love you, or you discovered, I don't like you at all. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> For us, we discovered, I like you even yes, more. even more. I mean, and then I to, you know, because people were leaving here, so I just never want to take him for granted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the things that he do for me and help me with, you know, and I just want to become more of a friend, a wife, whatever areas that he needs. I just want to be there. I just don't want it to be one sided that you're helping me accomplish everything that I want to accomplish. I want to help you accomplish some of those things, too. So it's like we try to put each other before each other. You know, it's not not looking at it through just a one vision uh one, I just focused on myself, the I, but it's on both of us that we, we're making things happen for each other. Well, you know, the interesting thing, that's why I'm so happy to see you guys again. Because, you know, David, he called me all the time, or I call him, Richard, I got this new record. Look at this video. Can you help me drop it? You know, because right. he's a natural business person. You know, the pandemic shut down a lot of that because we all were confused. The world stopped. We didn't know when it was going to start back up. And now that it's starting back up, and I see the success and the opportunity. Now, your leisure wear, you know, you you are ARP representative. All those things were coming your way. You looking on the other hand, David, you like a manager, proud husband, proud papa. I told you, Sue, I told you can do it, guy. When you look at that, you can, that's why that's why I read those credits like I read them. I read David, and, and jokingly, I just read all of hers because he's responsible for that, isn't he? Tamla? He is. He really is. Because people be even asking that, Rashad. I was like, like, because well, I know that you. I mean, people ask me the crazy questions like, "Well, you you making all the money?" No, I'm really not making all the money. Y'all really just don't know, like you said. <laughs> he is the mastermind behind mm-hmm. it all. So it's like we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we both are in the forefront. And even in that, I'm so secure in who I am. Mm-hmm. None of that even bothers me. When I tell you at all, because I'm so, at 55, I'm so cool in who I am. They can come up and say all of that. And I'm like, good. That's great. Yeah. Because we both share the same last name. Right. And the bank account, all the numbers on the bank accounts, it, it has both of our names on mm-hmm. it. So. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. Well, that, and, 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 and I know it doesn't. But what I wanted to say in that and just emphasize is the roles that we play in a marriage or the roles right, that we play right, in a relationship. Exactly. And what happens is that's what destroys a marriage. It gets confused. You know, you know, right. one success, what role did you play? And I'm saying is that he plays a very subtle role publicly. And that's the beauty of who he is. That's why I love David, man. You know, he is so brilliant as a comedian, as an actor. And then you sit in a room with him, you go, 
Do you know who you are? What you talking about, Rashawn? You you one of the funniest guys I know. What you talking about? Oh, be quiet. Off air when I was talking to you guys. Oh, uh, Rashawn, we regular. We just regular people. And y'all know y'all not. <laughs> we, we are regular. I mean, because, I, you know what, I just, I don't look at that celebrity thing, you know, because I feel like we're all special. We're all stars in God's eye. I mean, I thank God for the platform that the Lord has helped us, you know, get and res- however you want to say that. Mm-hmm. But I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to help somebody else, encourage somebody else. That's what it's all about when it comes to my music. You know, even with the, the clothing line, it's for the full-figure women because sometimes in so many areas, I feel like we get left out where our stuff is not as cute as stuff for the smaller women, not knocking them, but we want cute stuff too. So Absolutely. that's why I did that you for said, the everyday you woman. You said thick girls need love too. Thick girls <laughs> need love too. So it's like we just want to, you know, see, I just want us to feel the see same said, and equal just Tamla, as everybody We're having a serious conversation. He gonna just dive in with the uh, thick girls need love too. They need fashion, <laughs> savvy. They need a they need a, a a good. Okay, it's not about just wearing t-shirts and tights. No, no, they need fashion. They need some savvy. That's right. You know, that's and that's, right. that's that right. is who David so, Man is. It's, it's just really it's really a blessing to be a blessing to somebody else, well, and to let other people know that things can happen for you too. Well, here's the thing about it, because you know I met you second, man. You came in my life second. The first. He came into my life first, no, because uh, I'm gonna tell everybody publicly. Like, I I think I know everything, but I don't know everything. I think I know who are famous, then I don't know who famous. The first time I met Mr. Man was at when um, Bishop T.D. Jake held his uh, gospel celebration in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, me and Steve, we walk around like we stars. You know, we walk around hey, Steve Harvey. I'm next to. I'm getting all this shadow. You know, I'm a star because I'm in this shadow, right? And then this dude came around the corner with these ugly pants on that were too tight and <laughs> walked on stage and the place exploded. And I went, Steve, who is that dude? Steve said, I think that's Mr. Brown. Who is Mr. Brown? <laughs> man, you are a phenomenon. You are an underground phenomenon, David Man. <laughs> No, I'm gonna tell you what Steve said at first. My kids was back there, and they said, "Steve said, who is David?" They said, "Well, I'm with David Man. Who is David Man? Nobody knows who David Man." Then I went on stage, and it was like that. And Steve was like, "Oh, okay." So Steve, Dude. Steve, Steve threw me some shade at first. Dude, I'm just we all. Me too. Me too. Because I didn't know who you were. Who would you do with these ugly pants on? I mean, he he took over. I mean, twenty thousand people were following him. If he had a pipe, he could have laid it right down the street because they were fans of you. I don't care about Steve Harvey Showtime at the Apollo, Def Comedy Jam. Me and the boys, you, my brother. Built a star power fan base underground before TV, before radio. Tell us about that journey. Come on, David, man. You know what, man? I, I've been doing this character for 20 years and never could have imagined that playing this character could, could make my dreams, her dreams, some our kids, grandkids. It could make, I mean, yeah. some of our dreams come true. Never could have imagined. We were just doing it. We had to be on the road to earn an honest living. It, it kept us from doing illegal stuff. <laughs> it was, it, it never could have imagined that it would grow to, to this, to where doing another television show, Assistant Living, 
and still be relevant after 20 years. That's in this industry, you know, that that just doesn't happen. And I, I don't take it for granted. I just know that it's really a blessing. It really is. Now, the characters that you guys play really were were, were born out of a play, a Tyler Perry's play, correct? You know, right, right. Corey, you play his daughter in the TV series, Assisted Living. You got my boy. Watch out there now, J. Anthony Brown on. He's yes, the owner. That's a nut there. I, <laughs> I love J. Anthony. I've been known Jay. I have J. so much fun with him. J. Anthony Brown says 86. A little bit of history with me. When I when I left my job at IBM to go do stand-up comedy, he was the first black comedian I met on the road. He was headlining. And it was in Mobile, Alabama, where we met. And back then, they wouldn't put two black comedians on the show at the same time. It's just wow. a white headliner canceled at the last minute, and they brought Jay Anthony Brown in as an emergency. That's how I met him, and he's and he's been in my life ever since. So I know you guys have special talent. He's dope. Jay called about two days ago. Man, this song, I didn't know you were singing like this. He was listening <laughs> to our song from the, the, the Love album, Ups and Downs. I done played it by five times. So he texted me a couple times. I'm loving this song. I'm loving this song. I was like, I'm just doing what I do. <laughs> he's, he's a very nice man. He's a very nice. He's funny, but he's a very nice guy. Very well, nice guy. Well, just like he you guys. Ain't he, he ain't on time for nothing, but he's oh, no, nice. No, no, no. I'm just, he's just, slow. Just, Look, just, he's slow. No, no. They ain't on time. I'm just right now, you, if you're waiting for your food, you better go ahead and eat because it's going to get cold waiting on J. Anthony Brown. But when he come in... He gonna light up the room though when he coming in. He is. He sure he, is. He is. When I tell you, he the, the energy that he brings to the show. Sometimes we like Jay. You, did you just say what I think you said? And then you know I'm always telling him, okay, okay, come on with the cussing, Jay. Come on. With <laughs> oh, oh. I, I got. I'm like, okay, remember we got kids that's watching too. Come. He said, oh, okay, I will do it. And then pop off. It, the energy that he brings to this show, man, I'm telling you, it's a joy working with him. Yes. And I can't say that about everybody, right. you know? Well, you know, and, and uh, here's the thing about it, because I'm, I'm talking to David and Tamla Man, uh, star of the new Tyler Perry's Assisted Living series that's on air on BET every Tuesday. At nine thirty, follows the uh, House of Pain at nine o'clock. It's, it's a Tyler Perry block every Tuesday on BT. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna be real now. You know, Tyler Perry taking over everything. Tyler Perry gonna be Tyler Perry gonna be on the moon pretty soon. You won't just look up there and just see TP. <laughs> TP. We'll probably be right there. With <laughs> <laughs> but you know, when I when I look at uh, the success of the man's, because you're a brand now. Now, what is the responsibility of being a brand? Because both of you guys are out there, and then you take a management producer role oftentimes, David, and you take a talent, but you're still an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. There's a lot of things going in that 33 years of marriage, and I'll be celebrating my 33-year marriage in December, so thank you very much. Thank you very much. So I, that's where we're always going to have that little link together, because I know there were some moments in my life, especially entertainment, where you you're just traveling, you're traveling, and entertainment is a fickle business because yes. Yes, there's no consistency. You can't sometimes buy a house, you can't buy clothes, you can't buy anything because you know that check you got is going to be there next week. So, right. over, how, talk about overcoming that uncertainty to maintain this longevity, and then we're going to talk more about the series in detail, Assisted Living. You know, being in this industry, we've been in this industry for 25 years. And like you said, uh, we've had a lot of friends that said, you know what? And a lot of talented brothers that have said, you know what? Y'all going to do that. The uncertainty is too much for, for me. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do is just jump out there full, in, just in faith. 
That's it. I mean, we... It's been a fake walk. And I think we start 90... 93 or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. Somewhere back in there, we would decide just getting into the game, and it was, like, scary because sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. Yes, it and is. we just decided, Lord, we're going full-time in it, and we haven't looked back. Like, you know, as we were talking about with the characters and the, the music and all of that, we just made sure as entrepreneurs that it hadn't been, we haven't been one-trick ponies, and that's what I think helped us to survive in this pandemic is yes. because we have other know, things to flip to. Yeah. We yes. were not only just dependent on the road, we were doing, you know, like I said, we have a clothing line, we have, you know, music and television and you know, stuff like that to kind of help sustain through all of this. You know, it's really interesting because that's that multiple levels of income that we talk about. A lot of people don't do that. They, they, they can see that lane of success and guess what? Pandemic taught us a lot about pivoting about looking at yeah. the mailbox money. What are you doing besides your primary income or the other income? And that's a platform that you guys, or both of you guys have created, and it, it has sustained itself through these these dark times. And, yes, which, it and, really has. And, and, it really and, has. But, but, but I, have to, I have to say this before we go, is that, I mean, we're just about Tyler Perry, and it's a good thing, is that you guys have had a lot of success with him. Can you... Can you put in maybe a minute or less than a minute or talk as long as you want about the greatness of Tyler Perry, his influence in this industry when a lot of people question it and his impact on your lives and the people he entertains today? Well, a lot of stuff that people that people don't see is the giving that he does outside of, you know, you hear about some of the stuff that he can do in the public eye. But there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that he's doing and helping other and helping people. Other people. Uh, he he just choose not to let it be known. Uh, he asked me a question. We were on the road, and he asked me a question. So, what would it take for you to retire? And uh, I gave him a number. I was like, okay. He said, no. You got to dream higher. You got to dream much higher. And I thought about it. I was like, you're right. Okay. You're right. And it just made, even seeing the studio and seeing the other stuff that he's done and that he's doing, it just made you dare to dream bigger, Mm -hmm. dare to go, you know, like put in the work. You see him because when I tell you do work, people don't believe how much this, he worked. By the time he finishes a series, he's exhausted. And I've seen it because he puts his mind, body, everything into doing this. And that's, that's stuff that I've seen through the years and it's just like, okay, if that's how he's doing it, if that's how he's become a, a mogul billionaire, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> billionaire mm-hmm. I say, okay, I see it. So it just made me start, okay, I'm going to build my, and I, I called him the other day and I said, hey, man, I'm a little afraid on something. I got an opportunity, but I'm afraid. Said, what you waiting on? Just go do it, man. And I was like, okay. So I pulled the trigger on it. Just I called him and just asked him his advice on it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't tell you all the choice words he told me. Like, man, stop. Don't do it and stop being scary. You right. know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's just who he is. Tamala? Well, for me, I mean, to see him, you know, we started in 1999. To see him from then to now, I'm very, as if I can say as a sister friend, I'm very proud of him. And even ha- how he's grown, even with dealing with the people. I mean, it's like, you know, him finding himself and, and like you, you just like as the years grow, I've just seen him grow and I'm just really, really proud of him and everything that he's accomplished. Look, ain't no jealous bone in our body. We're very happy and pushing him on and I'm praying for him all the time. And 
I'm just really, I'm really, really, really proud of him. I, I really am. I just, that's the, the big, I'm just happy for him. I'm so happy for him. Well, I'm happy for David and Tamla Man. 33 years of marriage. I'm going to make my 33 year in uh, December. The stars yes. of Tyler Perry's Assistant Living with my boy, J. Anthony Brown. Again, it's the number one new scripted series for African Americans, 18 to 49, 25 to 54. You can catch it every Tuesday, 9.30 Eastern, Pacific, 8.30 Central. David and Tamla Man, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Man, thank once you. again, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for the push and the encouragement that you give us. We love you, man. And everything. I just pray God's blessing over you and your family and your business that you just flourish even the more. I just need a link from you on your leisure wear, okay? I'm going to need a link on your music, and you're going to come back in August, okay? Deal. Yes. I love you. We will be right back with more money-making conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. Send warm wishes with cozy fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. Or treat them to everyone's favorite activewear from top brands like Nike, Adidas, and Under Armour. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide committed to the health and well-being of our communities. No matter how you celebrate, when you shop at Kohl's, you're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you their fearless guide to this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. They can be civic leaders, people in business, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree this week is Terrence Wheeler. His gift is uplifting others. His greatest passion is helping enrich the lives of at-risk young people in communities throughout the metropolitan Detroit area. Terrence is often seen speaking and motivating young people in the Detroit area schools with a simple mission, to alleviate the non-academic barriers in education. Helping these young people, loving them past their pain, loving them past the mistake, uh, because these kids have been on earth 200 months. They don't know enough, Sean. They're trying to survive. And they just know that when they walk through the school building, that this is a place of love and empathy, and mm -hmm. you've done your job. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. 
Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next case, I've seen on TV for a long time, but she's a she's a game changer. Her name is Keisha Knight Pulliam. She's a graduate of an HBCU, Spelman College, and she did it with honors with a BA in sociology and concentration in film. She's an Emmy-nominated actress, runs the Camp Kizzy Foundation, the Fearless Fund. She co-founded with her business partner, Arian Simone, and sells culinary products on the Keisha Kitchen website, which is we're going to talk about that because, you know, I got Rashawn's kitchen. But we'll be doing, well, guess what? We wouldn't be doing none of this interviews if it wasn't about the acting. So we got to get to why she's really on the show as well. She starred in the hit comedy series, Tyler Perry's House of Pain, which is back this season for its eighth season, airing Tuesday nights on BET. Please welcome for the first time to Money Making Conversation, I'm sure not the last time, Keisha Knight Pulliam. How you doing, Keisha? I'm great. How are you? Really, really, you know, just going through this whole bio, I want to start with the HBCU experience because uh, I'm currently working on a documentary called Black Excellence. And I definitely, we've already lined you up. You don't know it. We're definitely going to line you up for an interview because you are Black Excellence, you know. And we saw in 2020 how HBCUs just moved to the forefront of conversation. It was like, like white America just discovered HBCUs for the very first time. Now, you're a graduate, I believe, in 2001. You graduated from HBCU with honors, like I said earlier, and your minor was sociology. Tell us about your HBCU experience and why it's important. Why is this important? Actually, my major was sociology with a concentration in film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I loved going to an HBCU. It was definitely one of the best decisions that I've ever made. And um, it's it's in my family. I have two brothers who are Morehouse graduates. And then my middle brother, he's an Auburn graduate, but we still love him. Even though he's <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely an experience like no, like no other. So I'm grateful for sure. Well, you know, the thing about it is that uh, the, the amount of... Uh, you know about Hollywood. You've been in Hollywood. Hollywood is dominated by HBCU graduates, not only just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. When I look at a talent like you and you majored in sociology, my minor is sociology when I graduated from college. My major was in, was in uh, is in, I should say, you didn't walk away from a degree, is mathematics. But it changed my life. You know, African-American studies and sociology just opened my eyes and really let me see that my whole life, information has been canceled. You know, you you realize what you didn't know. How did sociology impact you and why did you choose that as a degree format? Well, one thing I'll say is not just in entertainment that you find a lot of HBCU graduates. We, you know, we'd be remiss not to say that our vice president of the United States of America come on now, come is on now. HBCU graduate. <laughs> so what I know is, you know, the cremes are la creme um, in a multitude of fields mm-hmm. are HBCU graduates. But, you know, getting back to sociology, you know, I chose that because I've, I've always, even though, you know, I went to college and I didn't, minor, my, I didn't major in theater per se, but I did have a concentration in mass comm and, and communications. And the reason I chose sociology is because my job as a filmmaker, my job as a director, a producer, an actor is to bring these stories to life. And the best way to bring the stories of real people to life is to understand the behind the scenes to the, the dynamics of, you know, human condition and how people think and how society, you know, shapes that image, not only of what you see, but also yourself. So um, that's why I decided to do sociology. And actually my thesis, my senior year was on images of African-American women in black exploitation film. So the the film piece has always been intertwined in everything that I do. 
Well, I love the way you articulated that because it allows me to transition over to your Fearless Fund, the Fearless Fund that you founded with your partner, who's also an HBCU graduate from FAMU. I know her very well. And, well, and it's just, partner is a FAMU graduate as well, and another and another black woman, Ariana Parsons. So. Absolutely. When we when we talk about women. And we know that the fastest growing uh, entrepreneurship is black females uh, in the business. Why is it important to support African-American women in the in this small business arena? You know, the bottom line, and it's so funny because people are like, why support black women? Um, because at the end of the day, when you're looking at venture capital, when you're looking at, you know, investing in businesses, it's it's a business. And if the reality is, yes, we are the fastest growing and the least funded, but from a financial standpoint, we are doing some amazing things and our amazing investment if all you're looking at is green and not the color of your skin. Um, and the biggest thing is we wanted to, you know, move the needle in a meaningful way. Right. When we looked at the landscape and recognizing that a venture capital um, funds and, and, and monies less than a percent, 0.0006% goes to women of color businesses. In 2021, that's crazy. So, you know, what we knew we had to do in order to change those dynamics, we had to be, we had to be players in this game. And it shows that we made the right move because Fearless Fund started out as a $5 million fund and has grown to a 25 plus million dollar fund. Um, and I'm just really excited. We have some amazing businesses in our pipeline and that we've already invested in. And, you know, what I know is that it is not a founding issue. It is a funding issue. Wow. You know, when I, when I look at you talking, when you're talking about funding, because I want to break it down a little bit, sort of like a, a common sense. Is this more like what we see on TV, Shark Tank, when you say funding and, you know, people come in, you buy a percentage of their business. Is that how you fund it? Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, every deal is structured very differently. Mm -hmm. However, it is, you know, an investment um, in exchange for an equity stake in the company. And, you know, one of the things that businesses need is to infuse capital in order to, you know, scale and grow their business quickly. And a lot of us as black women don't have access to that capital. And also a lot of us in our community just have no clue about this space, no clue about, you know, when you're building a business, you know, what is even scaling mean? You know, what are the docs that I need to have in place to even be venture, venture or even investment, um, just to, to even garner those investments. Right. We just don't have access to that information. So what we've also learned during this process of, of the Fearless Fund is that a lot of it is also just the information sharing and infusing in our community because it just doesn't exist and, and we have to be the ones to pay it forward, not just with the financial piece, which is very important, but also the education piece. Well, the education is really the key. You know, what you know and what you gain from information is how much you can make and how you can create your status in society. When I look at what you're doing with this fund, it also, it starts as an idea. And I really applaud you because you're going into uncharted territories. I can say that because I've been in this business long enough to know. And also when you just say the amount of percentages that would already apply to African-American women as entrepreneur opportunities from a, from a funding standpoint was ridiculously low. So when you, when you broker this idea, okay, 
were you sitting around with your friends? Or who did you go to? Did you put together a business plan? What did you do? Honestly, that's really how it happened. You know, it was about how do we become, you know, a part of the solution. And if you want funding to go to black women, you need to fund them. Right. And if we need to fund them, that means we need to be on the other side of the table. And and that's really, it was as simple as that. It was as simple as we know that these businesses are viable, that they're thriving, that they need capital. And if if everyone else isn't going to do it and believe in them, then we have to be the ones to do it. And it's crazy that, you know, when we did, when we started the Fearless Fund, we didn't realize that we were the first. We didn't realize we were the only at the time women of color who were specifically investing in women of color businesses. We did it because we saw a gap in the marketplace and we saw something. We recognized we needed to be a solution to a problem. So once we did that, you know, Forbes and all of these other different magazines and, and, art, and articles and, you know, people are reaching out to us to hear more about our story. And the reality is, is that it just really fell in alignment from a social justice perspective with everything that was going on in the world. You know, in 2020, with um, with everything going on with the pandemic, there was also a big social and justice upheaval right. with the Black Lives Matter movement and, and all of these different things where there were so many major companies that were making financial um, de declarations of how they would support and where they would invest. And I'm grateful that they did so because then they have to you know, put their money where their mouth was. And it created a space for us to get, you know, millions invested from PayPal, from Bank of America, from Costco, you know, to all of these major companies um, who now have to back up the financial promise that has been made to our community. Outstanding. Oh, this is, I'm just enjoying this conversation, just watching you articulate these values that so many people need to hear. Now, the, my final question when, in regards to the Fearless Fund, this is money-making conversations. Okay, how can they reach out to be a participant or fill out applications? How does that process work? Well, you can go to fearless.fund. Um, that's our website. And all of the information is right there on the website. You know, we are investing in pre-seed, seed, and series A businesses. Um, and all of the requirements are, are right there on the site. Well, congratulations. Well, let's go on to my favorite part of the conversation. It's food, 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 food. I have a show called Rashawn's Kitchen. I'm an award-winning baker. And I, whenever I have a, a guest who comes on who has spices or, or food samplings or the devices for the, not the, the culinary world, what got you into the culinary world? You know, I love food. I love cooking. Um, and my whole family does, actually. So I come from a long line of from my mom to my dad, my brothers. We all love food. We love cooking. And the reality is, specifically, I can speak to our home being a black home. The heart of the home is always the kitchen. That's right. where you gather. That's where, you know, you talk about your day, where you download, where you have the most lively, you know, conversations, debates, <laughs> whatever you want to call them. And it all centers around that whole Sunday dinner feel. And that's how it was and is in, in, in my family. Um, so with that and my love to cook, I was like, you know, this is a lane that I don't, again, see anyone else who looks like me in. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, to, to do Keisha's kitchen. Right. Um, it was just simply, you know, so many of my friends, like they always joke, they're like, Oh, she's like, I'm like the black Martha Stewart. Like even <laughs> I was the one people were coming over, you know, cooking up dinners for all my friends. Um, but I realized that 
you know, in this age of Uber and all of these different Uber Eats or, you know, just all of these fast delivery services, right. people don't really cook anymore. All they have to do is order it and it shows up at their house. So that kind of the joy of it had been gone. And I know a lot of the joy of it is not knowing what to do. Like, how do I, what do I put on what, how does it work? So that's how I, you know, made it really, really simple. I have a poultry and meat and all purpose seasoning. Um, and the reality is they work good on those categories of things, but they also are amazing in vegetables and potatoes and, and, and you name it. So fish. Um, so that's really just how it came about. Well, you know, the thing about it, like I said, I, you, potatoes, I love, I can't get enough of baked potatoes. I love vegetables. And so just having that, so this multi-purpose seasoning, all purpose seasoning for that is a blessing. And also have a deal with uh, wild Alaskan salmon where they, uh, so I, when you said fish, I lean forward. I said, I got to use your, now do you, now if I go online right now, can I buy it or how is it working right now with your website? We definitely have our, and we're running a sale. Mm -hmm. Um, We have our poultry as well as our all purpose on keishaskitchen.com. Mm-hmm. right now um our, our meat i'm sorry and our, our purpose our poultry is sold out however we are, are coming back soon uh, <laughs> with COVID, um we will be fully stocked shortly and we're also adding a new spice called oh. sugar and spice it's my first um delve into kind of the sweet world everything else is savory but they will be up shortly we'll be fully stocked but you know COVID has hit the supply chain i think for everyone's business oh absolutely now let's go back to sugar and spice now, because my I'm a uh, my award winning baker, so now you you kind of kind of glossed over a little bit. You see, you get into that sweet chain. Talk about that a little bit more, because I do I do baking because uh, my my on my show Rashawn's Kitchen, I always open with a baking element. And my baker, she is based in New York, and then my cook, he's based in Alabama, and I'm based in my office kitchen in Atlanta, Georgia. So I zoom to their kitchens in different locations. So if you got some sweetness going on there, I love to put it in her kitchen and make it happen there. So let's talk about that. Oh, well, it really came down to like one of my, one of my family's um, favorite things that I make um, is my peach cobbler and my candy. There you go. What I did was I created a spice that you can use for those things. But coincidentally, as I was creating it, I realized and testing on it on different things. I was like, oh, this tastes good on French toast. This tastes good on popcorn. Um, there's so <laughs> many different apps. You can just have a baked sweet potato and just sprinkle it on. Um, it's just the perfect combination of, you know, your favorites, your cinnamon, your nutmeg, your mm-hmm. your your sugar. Um, that goes on those sorts of things. Well, so. you know, nutmeg is my favorite spice. I, they, you put nut, you come in the kitchen, you smell nutmeg, I, you, you're in the, the dessert's on with me. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I, I, I know we talked about a lot of other things. I brought you on the show to talk about Tyler's Perry's yeah. House of Pain, the eight season, which I'm fa- which I'm excited about. Big fan of Tyler, of course, and a big t- fan of a lot of people you have on the show. Talk about your experience and just working with this cast, who in some ways I can say they're, they're fools. It's like crazy people, just out of control, over the top. It's family. That's what family looks like. <laughs> um, I genuinely love working with this cast. I love mm-hmm. each and every one of them. We have been doing this for a really long time, mm-hmm. and it's a joy. It's a joy to be able to be in people's home every week, uh, for people to be able to come, to sit with us, to laugh, to enjoy our journey. And just have that moment to just kind of escape everything that may be going on in the world outside and just have some fun with us. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're an interesting bunch. 
but it's what family is. But you won't let you won't let Van dress you, you know, because Cassie can't dress him, and so you have to remain <laughs> you have to maintain your style. You have to maintain your who you are. And when you when you do these different levels of comedy, and this is a a, a, a much more of a over the top sometimes I could say because I've I'm a... yeah, it's, it's, it is its very own you know brand of comedy it is mm-hmm. uh, but it's you, what you can't say is you can't watch it and not laugh come on I, I did not say that there my girl Cassie Davis who I've been knowing for 25 years I she's also I love awesome. me some Cassie I love me some LeVan like when I tell you um it's it's awesome. Like we work really hard. We do. We have a schedule like no other when we're shooting. Mm-hmm. However, what makes it amazing is the people who we spend it with. Not just the cast, but the crew. You know, a lot of us from some of the cameramen have been, you know, the people that we worked with for the past decade. You know, before when we were do, doing House of Pain, before we took a little bit of a hiatus. So I'm just I'm grateful that I get to go to work and do what I do and do it with a group of people that I love. Well, the, the, the important part is that, you know, also let me say Cassie, she's also an HBCU graduate as well, Cassie Davis as well. So you surround it with all that HBCU love. But the show comes on every Tuesday on BET. And the, the, the popularity of uh, working the show, I'm assuming you taped this during the COVID uh, restrictions and the COVID uh, shutdown. Was it taped during that process or was it taped more recently in 2021? Well, yeah, we, I actually filmed two, a couple projects during COVID lockdown. One was a a lifetime movie in Vancouver. And then we also did do the house of pain. And with that, it was, you know, interesting because we were quarantined and, um, you know, we had to do what was necessary to be safe. And, and we were able to do that. Well, let me just tell you, if you don't think, like we said earlier, she said, Rashawn, Whatever you say about Tyler Perry's House of Pain, we funny. It's the number one comedy series on cable for African-Americans aged 18 to 49, 25, 54. Basically all black people in 2021. <laughs> all black people laughing at this show and loving this show. But I would be remiss if I don't talk about your your foundation. I wanted to get that in before we Camp Kizzy Foundation. Tell us about that. Why is it important that you are rallying behind that and the purpose? Well, the Camp Kizzy Foundation is truly my baby. Um... I'm, and I'm sorry if you hear, because, you know, doing these Zooms at home can be an interesting. My dog has decided to, like, do a whole, I don't know what's happening in the house. But, um, you know, the Cam Kizzy Foundation is absolutely my heart. I started it over a decade ago. And it's all about empowerment and self-esteem for youth. Uh, we do um, programming throughout the year, but our signature program is... Um, is a free camp for girls 11 to 16 in the summertime. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I just, I love it. And what I know is you don't know to dream it if you don't know it exists. Mm -hmm. So a big portion of it is a very holistic approach to empowerment and self-esteem. And a lot of it is also about exposure. And, um, you know, I'm really excited. This year, we're not going to do in person. Last year, we had to do it virtually and this mm-hmm. year as well. Mm-hmm. But next year for 2022, we will be back in person and I can't wait. Well, it's important that you say that. When I One of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is to tell your story. Your story is an amazing story from uh, the H- being an HBCU grad with honors, uh, being an entrepreneur, being a, uh, I want to say a mentor, a leader in the Fearless Fund, and also with your foundation. In closing, any advice you want to give to any of my entrepreneurs, any tips of success that you'd like to share with them? Um, you know, I feel like follow your passion and the money will come. So many people chase the money and you have to be dedicated and passionate about what you do and recognize that we all have different purposes and everyone's not going to see, you know, your divine 
um, purpose in this lifetime, but you got to remember it wasn't a conference call. Mm -hmm. It was given to you. So just keep pushing. It's, it's, it's hard out there because so many people are like, I don't want to work for anybody else. I want to work for myself. But understand when you're an entrepreneur, you definitely work harder than a nine to five. But the difference is you're sewing into your dreams. Um, and I say just go for it. It only takes one yes. I love it. She's one of the stars of Tyler Perry's House of Pain. She's returning for the eighth season in the month of May, BET and BET Her. Every episode can be seen every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern West. 8 p.m. Central. Keisha Nipolum, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Time to take this submarine back up. Ugh, but it's tax season up there, Captain. You know, all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with TaxAct. How did you get... April here to remind you that with TaxAct, you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less. Beats being submerged for another month. May hey, Captain? To your stations. We're headed home. Guess I should probably close that window I opened. What? Kidding. Switch to TaxAct today and start for free. Restrictions apply. Price at filing subject to change. See TaxAct.com for guaranteed details. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Hi, everyone. Al Roker here. As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that Smokey's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when there are parched or windy conditions out there, you got to be extra careful with things like burning yard waste. After all, wildfires can start anywhere, even in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. My next guest is a longtime friend. My next guest yes. is Cassie Davis Patton. Cassie starred on Tyler Perry's House of Pain, playing Ella Payne, which returns on BET for his eighth season. Tyler Perry's <laughs> House of Pain is the number one comedy series for African Americans 18 to 49, 25 to 54, in the calendar year 2020. And you can say the calendar year 2021, too, because it's already been picked up for another season. Cassie Davis Patton has worked extensively over the years with Tyler Perry on his stage plays, TV shows, and movies. He, she made a lot of money with Medea. Just Medea is her, really her middle name. She also attended... <laughs> Uh, Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, and majored in music. Her big acting break was her role in Spike Lee's film, School Days. Please welcome. When I knew her back in the day, she was just Kathy Davis, but now she, you know, she got a man now, so now she's Cassie Davis Patton. So from Tyler Perry's House of Pain, my good friend, Cassie Davis Patton. How you doing, girl? Hello, Introduce me. <laughs> do a good job, Cassie. Do a good job. Hey, Rashawn, now you did what you normally do. <laughs> thank you. You thank you know you st- you still got it. I appreciate it. You know the amazing that's, thing. Hey, that's that's you one and one. No, uh, oh you want me to start calling names? Oh, come on, girl. You said one and one. That took me off. That's 1989. One and one, baby. Mm-hmm. One and one. Uh, attorney Anderson. Come on, y'all. Absolutely. You guys were the you guys were a mad team of brilliant black men that knew what y'all wanted to do and did it. All of you. Steve, you, Juan Ho, 
uh, Attorney Anderson, um, James Boomerang. Absolutely. Man, you guys were an awesome team, and y'all taught me so much. I was I was at the house, mm-hmm. and um, you guys were in the field, and you all were working. Your ethics were good, and um, you were suited all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys would come back to the house, and you guys would discuss strategies, and I would eavesdrop. And um, I learned and took notes, and um, I do owe a lot of my success to the wisdom that you guys imparted in me when you didn't even know I was listening and you didn't even know I care. But um, I just appreciated everything that you guys came back home and discussed and made happen. You know, it wasn't just like you were blowing smoke signals. You There was actually fire, and there was a product that you guys um, put together. And that was me and the boys. And that was, it was just so much yes, that you all did. And, you know, you guys were the kings of comedy before the kings of comedy came out. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Cassie, I'm talking to Cassie Davis. You know, she's a star of Tyler Perry's Halls of Pain. Well, that's one of the things she's a star of because she really is a brilliant talent. And then she's just talking about our history. The person she brought up, one one, that's one Hull. Just a little, little walk down history lane. He was Steve's manager before I became his manager. And he was yep. all our best friend. And uh, we lost him to sarcoidosis, the same illness that took Bernie Mac, which is ironic that two yes. people in Steve Harvey's life that he was close to lost to the same heart ailment. And uh, yes. and, uh, and that, that allowed me to come into his life. And Ricky Anderson was the our attorney. He's still our, the attorney in our lives today. After all these years, uh, African American attorney. That's what she was talking about. Black men who was, yes. was breaking ground. We were breaking ground because the rules were different back in 1992, 95. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's and we, exactly right. And, and there uh, was a there was a hustle that you guys came out with and it was just like everybody get somebody that's that's what we used to say in our high school everybody get somebody don't let them shoot and that is what you all did you all steve was in charge of this one was in charge of this attorney anderson handled this and rashawn you really uh galvanized a whole lot of things <laughs> you, were, you, were, you, were, you were carrying two brief two brief briefcases you know thank you for that compliment cassie but the thing about our relationship you know is that I always saw a talented person, and but you were not doing anything with your career at the time when I came into your life. But you were. I it, wasn't. Why? Uh, you know what? I I I got my feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. I was up for a part on Hanging with Mr. Cooper, and I thought I was going to be on that show, and I was doing storyboards. I was you know, going into meetings with the executives. And I I learned that I did not get the part when the show aired. And wow. it hurt my feelings so bad. I just didn't understand the rejection of the business. I thought they really liked what they saw and I thought they meant what they said. And um, it became just one lie after another. Mm-hmm. That's one of Chip Fields' songs. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so... I, I just thought that it would probably be best for me to pull out mm-hmm. and not pursue this career because, you know, I could have had anger issues and I did not want to, you know, take my anger out on someone. So I just stopped and started working with young people at Wendy school. Right. Um, Wendy Raquel Robinson. And, um, mm-hmm. and I just, I just fell in love with 
you know, what the art really could do for the lives of those young people. And then Mr. Perry, oh my God, he saw me doing a favor for someone and asked me to come and be a part of his empire. And I was like, look, I don't have no time for that. Y'all say one thing, y'all do another thing. So just leave me alone because I really don't want to have to catch a case. <laughs> don't lie. Just If you're going to do it, do it. And if you're not, then don't. And I must say, that man has kept his word. You guys kept your word. But I, I just got my feelings hurt. I was so bruised by being rejected. And I just didn't understand the rejection part of the pursuit. And, you know, it's important people hear that, Cassie Davis, because of Cassie Davis Patton. I'm going to talk different periods. That was Cassie Davis back then. She cast a bad now. And because Hollywood is about rejection. And a lot of people aren't ready for that. They think that they can ride with the best look. They've won some awards locally. And they get there and they'll walk you through that door and they'll say, come back five, 10, 15 times and then say, sorry. Or some of them, on your case, didn't even say sorry. No, they didn't even say sorry. I didn't even, I was at home waiting. I, I had already gone and picked out a home in, um, Toluca Lake in Los Angeles. I was just like, oh, yes, when they send me my money, I can buy this house. I was with a realtor, and I was at home one evening, and I saw the advertisement come up, or the advertisement, as you guys <laughs> called it back. But then it was an advertisement. <laughs> and it was um, that brilliant actress, uh, Nell Carter. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't be mad. You know, if you're going to lose, why not lose to her? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, but I... I, it just hurt me so bad. Um, I just said, I, I think I better just sit out and just wait. And that's what I did. We know and, it's really um, interesting. And, and then what, what was proven is if it's meant to be for you, then it's going to be. And it has been a great ride for me. Even the hurt. Um, you know, I can really appreciate all of this joy because I do understand what the hurt can feel like. So... Well, you know, it's really, I, I, it really funny that you say shot. that. It's really funny you say that, Cassie, because, you know, Steve Harvey used to always say, because I didn't know you were that talented. When You know, I just knew you were very nice. You was always punctual. You was always upbeat. And, I, and then Steve said, you know, she's talented, right? I go, huh, what do you mean? He said, that girl right there can sing. I go, Cassie? Cassie can sing? She never showed me that. You were just, you had just like, just, just disconnected. You hadn't even, all the talent that God gave you, you just like shoved it in a box and say, I'm done. How yeah. did you get out of that box? How did you get out of that moment to say, you know, some it's time before Tyler Perry said, hey, I want to bring you on board. What brought you out of that cocoon? God. Mm -hmm. You know, when I realized that the talent was not mine to bury and was not mine to shove in a box and that um, it was his to showcase to his people and it was something that he would use me to do and free some people and bring some joy to some people and, and help some people. So the many stories that I now hear um, uh, about how the messages from House of Pain has helped somebody's family or somebody's grandmother or, you know, I, I have a friend in Hollis Springs right now. She watches all of Tyler Perry's Tyler Perry's movies and the, then the sitcoms and um, she it just blesses her that I'm a part of it but it was it was God that that made me do it but the vehicle really 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 was Chip Fields and when I met Chip Fields and she wanted me to be in a play it was like oh uh, 
are you going to do what you say you're going to do? And she did. Mm -hmm. And after that, I just began to trust her. And then I came into Wonder Love and I met you guys. And and I just said, you know what? There are some good people here. So rejection is a part of it. But I just did not know. I didn't like being rejected. Who Who likes being rejected? Right. And so I did not understand it. And I, uh, you know, in my innocence, I made plans for some money that I did not have. So that has taught me a lesson that you can't spend what you don't have. Absolutely. And um, and there's always research that we need to do. And I did not do my research. I was just taking people at their face value. And um, and, and I still do it, but I, I I have to listen for those key words that that. I, I could have known that I was not being chosen for that part, but I just did not understand the lingo, and I did not do my research. No, no problem, because you, you know, look I at you now. I did not have wise counsel. Well, I, did not, I, I didn't have any counsel, really, at all. And so, um, but now I have wise counsel. That's right. That's right. Here, here's the beauty of it, because Cassie just throw out names. Like, she's Wendy Raquel Robinson. Like, Wendy Raquel Robinson was a... Uh, was the principal on Steve Harvey's sitcom. And, of course, she's went yeah. on to do The Game and many other great series. Chip Fields oh. is Kim Fields' mother. One of the oh. most oh, I'm supposed talented. to explain it? Absolutely. Oh. Come on okay, now. You, you, all these landmark names. Don't worry. I, I got uh, your back. I got yeah, your back. Yeah, that's who they are, though. They are. They're, they're, they're landmark. They're legends. All of them. Absolutely. Kim Fields' Kimmy, mother. Wendy. Steve. Are you kidding? <laughs> Cedric today? I mean, you guys were there. I saw you. I mm-hmm. saw you guys yeah. stumbling. I saw you not know anything. When Steve came, he'll tell you. He came to Chip's house, and we were just, I was like, he got a job. Yes. They gave him a show. Yes. He can't even read. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She tells the truth. Steve will tell you. I was just like, what? I was like, ugh. And he was just like, he was reading his script, and he was saying, Steve sits down. <laughs> I was looking at Chip, I was saying, he's reading the directions. <laughs> what is this? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a beast now. He's, oh. he's reading directions and everything. And giving now. directions. Reading directions and giving directions and telling people he's what to do and when they can see directions. It. He is a direction. He is one to follow. Yes. You know, when I, when I look at the beauty of you, you know, and I want to go back to uh, your Spelman days because I really always, oh. when I meet a graduate of Spelman, I got to, uh, HBCU in general, I got to be able to hear that, let that story be pronounced on my show. Talk about Spelman, why you went, and the experience and the greatness you've achieved by being a graduate of Spelman. Oh, my God. Rashawn, I heard about Spelman College in 1983, and there was a young lady, Patricia Johnson, who was the recruiter for Spelman College, and her daddy lived right below my my daddy's house in Holly Springs, Mississippi, Reverend Graham. And he called his daughter. He said, hey, look, there's a girl over here that I want to come to Spelman. Uh, her daddy and them not going to have a whole lot of money, so just find her some money. And uh, but come over here, and I need y'all to recruit her and talk to her daddy. And she did. She came, and um, she spoke with my dad and uh, assured him that I would matriculate, and I would be okay, and I would be safe. And, and and it happened, and my dad took me down to Spelman College in 1984, <laughs> and I graduated in 2009. I was a senior for 21 years. I got down to Atlanta and lost my mind. 
I got into the city with all these lights and got over there in that AU Center on Fair Street. <laughs> and uh, the party became real. And then I fell in love with the theater company, Jamundi Productions, in the city. And I began to work with them. And I didn't really care about being a music major anymore. I didn't really care about singing um, classical music. I thought I was going to be a gospel singer. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Spelman, they wanted us to do... Um, a classical format and the method for really learning and studying music. And uh, when I got there, I was just like, what? I don't want to sing an aria. I want to sing To God Be the Glory, my tribute. You know, my dad coming home, they, they want to hear English. I don't want to be singing no Italian. And so uh, just country, didn't really know. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so I got mad. I had one hour to graduate and I left. Chip Fields came through and she was going out in a play with Vicky Winans. And and um, and so I got in that play in 1991 and and I left Atlanta with that one hour to graduate. I called my dad and them three days before graduation to tell them that I would not be graduating. Wow. And um, they were just undone. My dad was like, you're living in a bubble. Now you're going out here to chase a dream. And you're never, do you know, actors come a dime a dozen. You're never going to be on a show. Nobody knows you. Get out of here. You're not going to. And the more he said, you're not, the more I said, I'm going to show you. I'm right. going to prove it to you. Mm -hmm. I know that this is what I need to do. I want to do it. They won't let me sing for God. And, you know, our motto at Spelman was our whole school for Christ. I was like, I hold school for Christ, and you won't let me do a gospel song on my senior recital? Well, forget it. I don't want the degree. <laughs> and I left. And I was, uh, I got out to California. I went out there to visit Chip for two weeks. I left 14 years later. And in that 14 years, you know, I summed it up to be two years, two, seven years, you know, like, so I, it was... The first seven years, I was learning one thing. The second seven years, I learned another thing. You sure did. And um, and and it was a, a it was completion twice for yeah. me. Mm -hmm. um, seven is usually the number of completion, so I had to run my course twice to get out of L.A. And when I left, I came back to Atlanta doing House of Pain with Mr. Perry, mm -hmm. and um, and I went back to Spelman College and I marched and walked. Uh, I got that degree in 2008, December, and I marched in 2009. And I am a proud Spelman woman. And um, and it was not just what I learned on the inside of the gates that make me the woman that I am today, but it was what they taught me on the inside that I applied on the outside of the gates um, that make me an even more proud woman. And um, and it was those 14 years of labor out there in L.A. <laughs> that prepares me for today. You know, when, um, you know, I don't even like doing interviews because it just seems like um, it's so much you want me to cram into 20 minutes when, um, you know, we're talking about 91 to 2021. 20, Are you kidding me? We're in a pandemic. It's so many jewels and elements to you know, life and to describing it and to telling you how important everything is. Money is important. Faith is important. 
uh, rejection is important. Health is important. Uh, wisdom is important. Uh, and wisdom is the principal thing. Um, so in all that get, you need to get wisdom. You need to get an understanding. But wisdom is the principal thing. You know, it, it, it just, uh, um, you know, when you, when you get mature, and, you know, I left Spelman College. I didn't want it. I didn't want the degree. Are you kidding me? All that money my folks sacrificed, <laughs> I had to do it. And I did. And and it just feels so good to accomplish. You know, when I was in L.A. and I was saying, I'm a Spelmanite. Well, well I haven't graduated yet, but I am a Spelmanite. I right. went. I have one hour to graduate. You know, that's nothing really to brag about until you can say, I did it. I went back. I got my degree. And I am a Spelmanite. And it's not just Spelman College because, you know, I'm more of a, a Bearcat at Russ College in Holly Springs, Mississippi, than I am a Jaguar at Spelman College. I know more about growing up on Russ College's campus than I do about growing up on Spelman's campus. But, you know, I, I had those institutions and of higher education, and I just believed in doing better and doing more and being exposed to more and, you know, now making a way for my siblings or my, my, my nieces and nephews to have, you know, their dreams come to fruition. You know, so now I'm passing the torch, if you will. Well, you look fantastic. Cassie Davis, we're talking to Cassie Davis Patton. Uh, star, co-star of Tyler Perry's House of Pain is the number Thank one you. show on African-American homes in 2020. Thank it's going to come back this month. It's the eighth season of the show. Let's talk about yes. fame. Let's talk about fame and you, Cassie, because I know you humble. You don't, you don't, you don't not, you not want to want to get recognized in the grocery store. You, uh, you, I remember you came on the, uh, the Steve Harvey uh, morning show. You played nephew Tommy's mama, and girl, uh, and blew it up. You not say that? I got. Oh, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. It's just it's still doing that. <laughs> that was a secret, and you guys didn't pay me all my money. Okay, I, I call Steve of the one of the richest men in the men in the world. We're gonna pay you all your money now. Okay, would you be famous you. on Tyler Perry's House of Fame because you're famous in Medea movies? How did you deal with fame? How did you deal with that? Well, you know what, um, Rashawn, I really don't know. I really don't know if I deal with it. You know, I just like people. Mm -hmm. And so when I meet them out anywhere and they are talking about Ella or they're talking about Bam or they're talking about Tyler Perry, I welcome what they have to say, you know, I, I feel like what they have seen um, is in their house. It, it becomes very personable to them and the messages I think hit home with their lives. And so some people are very nice when they approach you. And then there are some people who, uh, who trip and then, you know, you have to say, Hey, wait a minute, that's a character. Don't sleep now. I don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't. <laughs> you know, I'm not always on TV. I'm not always acting. It's not always a script, <laughs> yes, so sir. don't get slapped. But you know, <laughs> but, but it is so wonderful to experience these things because these people are so wonderful. Right now, let's, you know, let's, when, when you met, so I don't know, I don't know that I'm handling it properly. I well, don't know. Well, you know, there's two types of fame for you because you, you know, you you blew up in his plays, Tyler Perry's plays, and then. Yes, sir the TV show, and then the movies, which became international, which also put you on the big screen. The Medea movies, 
that the, what you feel is most impactful in your career, the Madea, the plays, the Medea movies, or the TV show? Impactful, I would probably have to say um, uh, the movies. Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, I probably would have to say the TV show. Mm -hmm. um, the thing I enjoy the most, I would have to say, is the play. The, or the plays, you know, just to get that instant gratification and to be there live in a in a building. Rashawn, I I always describe it like I'm in a building with ten thousand people, wow. and they don't know each other, but they're all laughing at the same time. They're all crying at the same time, mm -hmm. and then I'm sitting next to a mastermind, Tyler Perry, asthma. Dear, and he just orchestrates, directs. If there's something on the stage that goes wrong, he can handle it. If there is a fight in the crowd, he can handle it. If there's a heckler in the crowd, he can handle that. You know, if he's sad and we need to finish us, you know, the show early, he can handle that. You know, so just to be sitting on stage with a mastermind has just really ah. Uh, been the treat of my whole career. So I I love all the mediums. I love plays. I love TV. I love movies. Um, and I think the best thing for me is his work ethics. And, um, and he means business when he shows up. So if you have your script uh, 10 days before, or five days before, or if he calls you the night before, yes. It says, hey, look, I thought about something that I'd like to put you in. Just be ready. And so th that, that's what I really appreciate about the about the three entities that I work in. Well, let's talk Plays, about TV before we wrap up here because I want to make sure. I, I've been hyping it, been promoting the eighth season. What can we expect on this season of Tyler Perry's House of Pain? It's on every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Yes. Central. It's coming 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, West Coast. Yes. Um, Rashawn, you should... Expect more of the same, and then you can expect. Um, uh, I, I just think that because House of Pain depicts life and art depicts life, mm -hmm. it's going to it's going to speak to those who are in broken relationships. It's going to speak to those young people who are feeling themselves. It's going to speak to older people who are. Feeling, feeling themselves, themselves. <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's going to it's going to reach the gamut you know our we love the fact that we have that generation to generation from two to 200 are watching the show you know the age ranges and we actually have families sitting down watching the show together so i think you're going to be amazed with uh um some of the storylines and the the messages that we will bring to the forefront on this run, on this season. And again, it ties in, it ties the seventh season into the ninth season. Wow. So I'm excited about it. Well, my dear, thank you for coming on Monday. And also, huh? as a family, on and off set, we love each other. So I hope that you will experience the love that we have for each other just individually. 
well, and, I, I, and off the that, scene. That's no doubt. That's no doubt because of the fact that uh, I had Keisha Knights Pullman on the show. Same, same. Also in Spelman Knight graduate, graduate. Yes, and so you know, y'all take it over there. We're gonna do a big story on that, by the way. So be ready. Uh, I want to just thank you for coming right. on Money Making Conversation. I really do. You're just Rashawn, fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited all week about I'm gonna see Rashawn. <laughs> oh my God! But Rashawn, can we talk Offset? I mean, you know, absolutely. Don't you want to help me do some things? Absolutely. And, and absolutely. I will I will call you uh, tomorrow. Is that fine with you? I'll call you tomorrow. Uh, uh, yes. I will call you tomorrow and we'll connect. And my number still the same. Absolutely. Yes, sir, it is. I love you. You look beautiful. I love you. And it was a great Thank interview. You, sir. Thank you for so coming on Money Making Conversations. Thanks to you and your team. Thank you guys, everybody. We will be right back with more Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. They can be civic leaders, people in business, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree this week is Randy Williams. Your dreams can be different. Randy is the president of Tally & Twine, a company that designs and manufactures luxury watches and accessories. The company's name comes from an intersection, formerly the center of a notorious crime-ridden neighborhood in Virginia. In recent years, the neighborhood has been completely revitalized, and those same families now have the opportunity to own. When you go from being a young man to an older man, you understand who you are more, and you understand why you're doing what you're doing. You're not just doing something to make money, and I wanted Tally and Twine to be a brand like that, that had these principles and these values that were built into the brand. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go. Almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. Oh, but the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about 9 or 10, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure in pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations with your host, Rashawn McDonald. 
My next guest is truly an industry decision maker, Dr. Steve Perry. Dr. Perry is a national leader in the education revolution, a change agent who is tireless in his fight for providing equal and competitive opportunities for children who otherwise would not have a voice. His mission is to provide high-quality education with college-bound opportunities for children in poverty. In 2020, Dr. Steve Perry opened his fifth school campus in Bronx, New York. In all, students are admitted to the schools by random lottery in order to ensure equal access to all students, regardless of socioeconomic status or academic history. Dr. Steve Perry's mission is to provide historically disadvantaged students with the college and career readiness skills needed to become responsible, engage citizens for social justice and offering a rigorous college prep curriculum and eclectic variety of athletic programs, project-based learning, and multi-pronged faculty support. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, dear friend, my man, Dr. Steve Perry. How you doing, sir? I'm having the time of my life, brother. Really, genuinely, I am. And forgive me, I am in Harlem, so you will hear the sounds of the city. I have no control over that. Well, the sounds of the city, if you're in New York, I always tell people, like, I think basically 7 million people live in New York proper, in Manhattan proper, and on a given day, 7 to 8 million will enter New York. So you can look at from 12 to 15 million people on that island. So when you say noise in New York, I say, okay. <laughs> right, I mean, because I... I have to say that everybody is not as familiar with our home as as you are. So uh, you you know from your time here at the Apollo that um, this is a loud, uh, low place. We know, Dr. Steve Perry, it's really interesting that, um, you know, New York, I moved to New York uh, back in 88, first time I went up to New York and lived there. And uh, it was in transition. You know, I remember I couldn't catch a cab if I was in lower New York, to come to, if you say you're going across the 125th Street, they wasn't going to, you you might well not even get in the cab because they wasn't going to take you. Right. And then we went right. through the, you know, the the Central Park jogger, you know, situation where the five men were convicted. And, and then we then we transitioned into, they'll pick you up and take you up there. And then you look at New York, 125th Street, and white people at 2 a.m. are walking their dogs. And so it I just saw that this morning. It's trip is tripping me out. Like uh, it's just really tripping me out. To be honest with you. And so, with you in there now, what is uh, why is it important? Because we're talking about different Harlem now, not the Harlem I knew, not the Harlem you read in the newspaper. What Harlem is uh, are you working in now? What's the environment of Harlem <laughs> that you're tied to now? Well, so it's interesting. Um, I am. Our school is currently located on 104th and Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. which if you know anything about New York is right across the street from Central Park. I mean, I can see the uh, botanical garden right outside my window. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, we are on what's called the museum mile, which is just what you just ap- aptly named behind me is the um, African-American museum. Beneath me is El Museo all the way down to uh, museum of natural history. So this area is a gorgeous area as areas go. Similarly, um, you are seeing a conversion of the brownstones purchased by mainly, uh, you can't just be middle class, you gotta be upper middle class to wealthy uh, folks, many of whom appear to be white. Um, And for them, Harlem, is a place of a cultural experience. They come, many of them come to be immersed in what they believe to be the culture of Harlem. 
but there's still that group right over there in the union housing projects, which is on the other block. So again, if you're not from New York, what I'm explaining to you would seem unconscionable that so much happens in, in so few square feet, but in the, uh, 200 yards that this block is on one side, you have some of the wealthiest real estate, arguably in America. Yes. And then just 200 yards on the other side, you have a couple of housing projects. Um, and then, then on the other right. side, you have a new high rise. Right. So buttressed between these, uh, are stuck between these two pretty uh, expensive pieces of property, you have housing projects and rent-controlled uh, places. I, one of my colleagues lives in approximately, I want to be polite, 700 square feet. Yes. Feels like 500, but 700 square feet efficiency. And she pays $2,700 a month. That's about right. That's about right. So you're not scaring me with those numbers. See, I, I, I right. in '88 I was in the 500 square feet, and I was happy. I was happy right. in '88, and I was paying a right. thousand. So, <laughs> but, 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 so that's what it looks like. But what I work with, I work with some of the poorest kids in America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I work with some of, um, some of the most talented, beautiful, awesome, poor black Latin children, um, who, while around them, they're uh, is a uh, call it renaissance. I don't know if you can call it a renaissance, but not going backwards. Um, but it is a uh, a resetting um, on 125th. I don't know if you remember what a path mark used to be. Absolutely. So that place. Yeah. So the path mark used, which is just, uh, which is just a block away from um, the train station. That building was just torn down. Wow. They're about to build. They're about to build, excuse me, a very, very, very nice uh, setup there. However, on the ground level, it's like the the land of the dead. A bunch of zombie people walking up and down 125th. It's look, it's rough. I don't know if they're homeless. I don't. I wouldn't know what they do at night, so I can only see what they do during the day. Mm -hmm. um, but people who most would consider or believe to be homeless are walking um, and staggering. Just in the shadow of this. Well, you know, the thing about uh, it is that to make people understand the relatability of what he's saying is that because I lived in New York three times, and what always threw me off was that you can't walk from wealthy to poverty in a block. And I mean, you can walk on the same block; it's the same way. Whereas, in the, if you're in a traditional city, you drive to it, you drive to literally, the hood. you drive to a, a housing project. In New York City, you walk past it. You know, you you walk past a doorman who secured building and you go to the next block and you're like, OK, where's my security? Where's my doorman to get me through this block? So there's a right there. That building right there has a um, security. I think that the uh, condos in there, they have to start in the low uh, ones, millions, mm -hmm. like right there mm -hmm. and right there, separated by 200 um, 200 yards mm -hmm. is public housing. It just separates. It just that's what it is, and it is. and so it is a, a tale of two nations that we're in. And what's interesting to me is how, amidst obvious wealth, how the systemic 
barriers of racism are so effective as to allow for the um the coexistence of two vastly different groups of people yes and they they never seem to understand one another and my children don't often understand i have to explain to them like do you know what we are i mean they're right here i, I do you know what people call this? No, it's the Museum Mile. Like, this is one of the wealthy, like, this stretch right here, bro, is like the wealth. Like, it doesn't, again, I'll put it this way. So, on the other side of the park, just so for people to understand, like, just over there is Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. So, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I can almost see it over there. I know exactly where you're at. So, we're talking about the kind of wealth that's jaw-dropping right there and the kind of poverty that's equally Mm jaw-dropping and here we are in the middle attempting to carve a new door because as you know carter g woodson said that if you send a man to the back door enough and there is no back door when he gets there he will cut one for himself Mm -hmm. so we're trying to teach our children to go through a different door. Really, the children and the parents simultaneously. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Do you ever get, what, what frustrates you about the process of what you're trying to do? What really frustrates me uh, and really trips me out is that I thought we'd be done by now. <laughs> I, honestly, I thought when, I thought when charter schools started to open mm-hmm. and we were able to show that you could take the same black children, same Latin children in the same address from the same families and put them in a different school. And those children would be able to read on grade level, write on grade level, do math on grade level, go to college at rates of anywhere from 90 to hundred percent upon graduation. Again, I told you, you're going to hear this. Um, it is, uh, I figured this country, and, and for what it's worth, the president who got us started down that road was President Bush, right. too. But the person who really kicked it into um, full gear was President Obama. So mm-hmm. I figured as soon as we show that you can take children from wherever they come and help them ascend to the highest highs that, I mean, both sides of the aisle. I figured maybe the Republicans would trip because they're not as committed to black and brown people as the Democrats say they are. So maybe there'll be some rub there. But other than that, we should be cool because they're freedom-loving people and they want the freedom of school choice. That's what I thought. I could not be more wrong. The Democrats have been the most ardent opponents of the very escape route that we need to use to get out of the poverty that, in many cases, their uh, policies have plunged us into. Uh, Sadly, the Republicans are so uh, inept around issues of class and race that anything that comes out of their mouths, people think is racist, even when they're making uh, headway in policies of school choice. So... What frustrates me is that I find myself with these lying politicians all the time. I mean, they get on my nerves. Bro, I'm not even lying to you. Just some of them are people who I know, like friends, people in my house. 
it, it, it is it is a uh, peculiar paradox that I find myself in because I, you know, I just did a walkthrough in one of our schools here in Harlem and had to, you know, tighten up some kids about not being in uniform the way they're supposed to be, doing that very micro thing. Mm-hmm. But then from there, I have to have a macro conversation with the legislator about something that's just, it's just foolish, man. I, I don't even, it sickens me that we're still having these conversations. It, it is, and I might add, where I really, 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 really was wrong was I felt like if I, as a black man, committed to the black community, came to members of the black community, and I'm being completely transparent because you're my guy, I felt like I would be able to get from black legislators, um, black wealthy people, the kind of support that our children need. And let me be clear. They're not putting any money in my pocket. They're not increasing my salary. They don't make my house bigger mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. actually. When they give money to us, when they create legislation that creates more opportunities for schools like ours to open, my salary does not move. Right. You know, despite my wife's interest in, and son's interest in my salary moving. <laughs> in fact, my one of my sons, one of my sons goes to school with a person who runs a large charter network. Mm-hmm. And she makes a considerable amount more than I do. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said to me all the time, do you ever get frustrated by that? I don't. I didn't get into this for that. I got in because I feel so blessed to be a part of our children's lives. I can't believe that God wakes me up of all the people. Brother Rashawn, I'm telling you, I can't. And you know this. And, and this is what we talk about when there's no cameras on, when there's nobody watching. Mm-hmm. There's no BS, anything. I can't believe that God wakes this clown up to depart uh, his Like, I just, like, in this way, it's just the most awesome experience. So, I mean, do I enjoy earning a living? I do, mm-hmm. but I want to make it clear. And, and, and if I made $60 billion doing it because I help kids, would that be a bad thing? No, I mean, have it be people who do great things. But that is not what happens. Right. <laughs> what actually happens right. is when they give money, when they create legislation, it presents opportunities for us to be able to serve more children. What that means is I can hire more people who Absolutely. can create more classrooms Absolutely. so that we can have more children. That's it. That's Dr. Perry, when we talk about the five schools that you have, this is for my audience who's listening and who also are watching. It basically, what is the attendance size of the school? What is the age range of the curriculum schedule? The new one that you have in the Bronx, how does that work? Because we know about the, the lottery system to get in. Are they all located in the New York, Connecticut area? Where are they located, these five schools? They are. Thank you so much for asking a, a, a thoughtful question like that because most people don't. <laughs> Um, so we have, uh, we have two sites in Connecticut, uh, in Bridgeport. Well, we actually have three. So we have one in Hartford. I'm not affiliated with that one anymore. I'll explain to you why in a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, that was the first school. And then, um, we have two sites in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and they're about 400 apiece. And then we have, uh, in Harlem, we have one that will be about 800, and then we have the one in the Bronx that'll be about 800. So the one we did in Hartford is, what was, around 800. So 
and then some of them are broken into multiple sites. Mm-hmm. So that's where the numbers are. Yeah, roughly three thousand. Mm-hmm. Look, and so when you when you recently there's, there's three thousand students that because you, you you're getting the hard students, the poverty driven students. So three thousand students that you're giving a different way of life, that wouldn't have that different way of life academically if you didn't, didn't have a vision, or feel blessed to get up. It's not about the money; it's about providing an opportunity, an escape to a better life. Basically, what you're doing with these students and their families too, because the kids benefit. They they do the things they're supposed to do, go to college, hopefully they can pay it forward and go back to their family and move them forward as well. That's your dream. Politicians, people who think there are undertones of greed tied to this. What do you, what do you want out of it? Those are those frustrating lanes. But then you see the results. The students who have left your school, how does that make you feel, Doc? Again, I, so this weekend, great question, great question. So this weekend, I went to two graduation parties, mm-hmm. college graduation parties. And to have, have those parents, one, one graduation I went to, um, young lady graduated from Seton Hall. And um, to have the parents who are no longer together, actually recently uh, divorced, to have them each separately come over to me and thank me I don't feel worthy um, is what I honestly feel. When dad came over to me and he says, you know, she couldn't have done it without you. I said, brother, come on. <laughs> I'm just a spectator in this one. Like, hey, no, you know, it's your school. And I appreciate it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to thank you for the flowers that you're giving me while I'm still up here. And I'm going to appreciate that. But I, I mean, come on. This is this. No person can do this. This is not what people can do. This is God. So, um, you know. But, but you know, I, Dr. Perry, Dr. C. Perry, I, I can stop you right there because I know it in a long time. Because you are, and I've always criticized you for your humbleness. You know, you know, you are a vessel. It is God's work. But you get up. I know your wife. I know your boys. They sacrifice. Okay. They sacrifice they time. You go on the road to speak to kids that you don't know. I've seen it. You go to camps, hot in the summer, talking to boys you don't know, trying to just give them a nugget of information that would change their life. And so I got the humbleness, but they are right. You're that blessing. You're that, you're the, you're the kid, you're the kid who grew up, become a man and say, you know something, I want to make a difference. And that difference has to be in other people. So what triggered that? That's what I need to know. What triggered that? I appreciate that. I, I, as you know, I'm I'm wickedly competitive. I I understand somebody has to lose. It just never has to be me. There you go. So, um, so for me, I want to be the when this thing is done, when when the box is mine and the dirt drums on top of it, I want to be the best who's ever done it. I don't, I I don't, I want to, that will be evidence that I took what little bit that I came into the game with and, and I flipped it. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at cats who, who are comparably positioned in their industries, um, who do things differently, different than I do, who earn, you know, who do something different than I do. I mean, I see where they are and I think I want to be even them. Yes. But but the beating part is is less about ego and more about service, meaning that 
when I win, we win. But one of the things I've always appreciated about you, Sean, is that you are committed to extending blessings to other people, to give, give opportunities to other cats and identify talented individuals and help them build whatever it is that they yes. have and, and have that turn into something meaningful. Um, when, when you're that kind of person, you build a team of people who will always be there for you. And so to your point, um, my farewell comments to the first school that we were at, the school that we founded, um, when I left, uh, what I said, my sons attend my schools. And um, what I said was thank you to them for all of the nights that you went to bed and I wasn't there, mm -hmm. all the mornings that you woke up and I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And that I, my hope and prayer is that one day when you feel like I'm the worst human being on earth, you will come across somebody who will take the time to say, thank you for the time that you yes. contributed to my life by allowing your father to help us to build the schools in our community. I mean, I, one of the things that trips me out, Rashawn, is I don't understand how people who, I do and I don't, how people who do what I do could ever be seen as controversial. I don't know what's controversial about black people opening up schools in the black community, except for the fact that it's black people opening up schools in the black community, right. which means ostensibly self-determination. It means that we're not waiting for anybody. I'm not asking anybody. I'm not asking anybody permission. I don't ask when we're writing curriculum. I don't say, do you think this is going to offend people? I don't think yes. there's anybody. Yes. Not my, that's not my problem. It doesn't offend me. Right. So I'm good. <laughs> if it offends you, then don't go send your child to my school. Well, you know, the beauty of you, Dr. Steve Perry, one of the leading voices of, you know, when he says that about his sons, I remember it was a run that every year I watched them grow. You know, I watched them grow. They pop up, you know, at, at annual camp. Mason's going into uh, sophomore year. You know what I'm saying? You know, and go crazy. to the camps and Steve Harvey and then go to the Dreamers Academy. So at least twice a year I watch them grow up, you know. And the yeah. beauty of that is that respect. They understood their dad. They understood his mom. They, they knew the value of, 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 of effort. They knew the value of, 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 of making a difference. And when I look at you and I look at the progress that you made as a person, I have to honestly admit uh, is that, you know, we, we the television route has been made available to you. You just did the uh, Fix My Life episode series uh, her last season. Where is that in your life? Or is, is, is being on television a, a need or a priority? Or what's going on in your life from a television perspective, Dr. Steve? So, you know, I, television for me is a vehicle to tell the story of the work that we're doing in the community, mm -hmm. as you know. Mm -hmm. And what your viewers are getting access to is the kind of conversation that you and I have had two, three hundred times. It's the same conversation where, you know, you've seen... Uh, people present me with TV projects and I've never, I don't turn them down. It's not my thing, but my focus is primarily on running the schools. I know that's crazy for some people who, who, whose air is to be seen by people, but I know that there's another side to that. There's a cost to that as well, as you mm -hmm. well know. And um, you can't unring that bell. Uh, so I am so grateful to uh, Iyanla and Oprah for the opportunity and the opportunities. You also know this, 
you never know what's going to happen with television. So, <laughs> so the conversation is, I'll put it this way, and you know, you understand this as well. I'll be as specific as I can without there you go getting myself jammed up. Um, there is fevered conversation between a number of entities as to what to do, because there's there's been a and there's been a long interest from far back as when we did say my son mm-hmm. of extending that work. There are people who are still very interested in that. Some of those people are in positions of power at networks. Some of them are in, uh, at streaming services. And I think that they wanted to see how, uh, how the most recent, you know, I don't know if they want to see if I still got it, but they, uh, <laughs> they, they wanted to see it again in person. Right. So they got to see that again. Right. And um, I think that, I think that the Oprah Winfrey Network, among others, if I'm going to be really frank with you, I think that the Oprah Winfrey Network, among others, um, saw the universal, pos- universally positive reaction to the work. I think that people were, I think I'll just tell you what people said, the internet was a buzz mm-hmm. with uh, very, very, very high positives. And you know how hard that is to achieve. Well, you know, I'm gonna um, just tell you this, you know, because we know where we're going. Everybody sees you serious. You, 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 you are a fun guy. You know, we yeah. we rarely see you smile. You know, you like, right. you know, you know where the party is. So, That's so right. I, I know that you, you got to keep in looping this because I'm telling you, man, I cannot let them not see the three, the full 360 of you. You know, yeah. yes, you're passionate. Yes, you're driven to change. But man, come on now. Can, can we see you smile on TV, Doctor Steve Perry? Can we see that? Can we see well, that? Yeah. <laughs> you know when it, what is it? You know what it is is it's hard to smile when I'm trying to save a kid's life. I know, it, that that's ain't what really I'm And that's usually what you get to see me do, right? Um, but they don't get to see, they don't get to see uh, us in hot Texas. Mm-hmm. just <laughs> sitting back cooking meat and laughing for hours, literally trying not to get eaten by every mosquito on earth. Um, they don't see that because it's just not an opportunity. But, but, but that listen they to have. me when I say that, when I say that, that uh, reason I'm dropping that into your conversation, because that's you. Because see yep. what happens, what happens with producers see things a certain way. Because that's their mind. I'm telling you, you change lives on a different levels. You can smile and change a child's life. I've seen you do that on a regular yeah. basis. I've seen you at Disney. I've seen you at camps. I've seen you at other speaking opportunities. We smile. We walked in the room. We make a decision. I'm just telling you, if that television opportunity presents itself, please be you at all levels. That's and all so I that's, And I appreciate you saying that. One of the challenges... So again, let's just have a real conversation. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons why the TV one thing didn't work out mm-hmm. is because I couldn't do what I think they wanted me to do, which is to get up in boys' chests and mm-hmm. and and sit your down, blah, blah. I don't talk to kids like that. Right. Like, I don't. I don't talk to kids like that. I, I talk to mine like that sometimes, but not mm-hmm. everybody else's. And I can take liberties with mine because they're mine, mm-hmm. but I don't even take. I try to avoid taking them even with them because nobody responds really well to that. I say all that to say. One of the challenges there is about capturing 
that part of the, the nuances of my personality. They wanted something I didn't have. Similarly, when Fox, when I was doing the, the daytime uh, piece with Fox, then they, it's, it's like the polls. They either won the, the, you know, like I'll bust your ass kind of, uh, uh, Joe Clarky guy. Right. And the other one they want is this goofy Wayne Brady ca- character. And I'm not dissing Wayne Brady, but you understand what I'm saying. Like right. it's just this goofy, uh, uh, amorphous. You know, you could tell he's African American, but you're not going to hear anything about his <laughs> right. cultural underpinnings as they relate to. Right. That's not going to come through. They wanted me to be something that almost was Kelly Clarkson slash Ellen Ask. And sure, we can have those kinds of conversations, no doubt. That's what you and I would do. We have those kinds of conversations, but I'm not silly. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a silly person. That's, mm-hmm. I'm just not. Never mm-hmm. have been, never mm-hmm. will be. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different ways in which we can laugh and be relatable mm-hmm. that are still respectful of who we are as men. Like, you're not a silly. I don't, anybody want to say Rashawn, silly. Like, that's, that's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> you know, you laugh, you joke, but anybody can call you silly. You're right. a serious cat right. who spent a, a lot of time in making people laugh for a living but is serious about your business. Absolutely. You know, the thing about it, I'm going to wrap up here is that, uh, cause I want to talk to some stuff offline as well about this because you're right. That's my life. My life is about, uh, shaping people's opportunities. My life is about giving some stuff that may not even benefit me. And when I look at you, you've always been a benefit, not only to me, but the people around me and the people that I invited you into the world to make a change. Dr. Steve Perry, you're a blessing brother. Your family's a blessing. And the fact you have five schools is going to be more. And when you leave this earth, you will be that game changer. You will be that competitive guy that said, I made a difference. And then people will show up and show you as they line up and walk past that casket and tell you thank you and cry and and remember the he made a difference in my life, my children's life, and my grandparents' life, and made created a next legacy of uh, growth and opportunity for kids who didn't have it. And you know, I appreciate just, seeing you, you, just, just seeing you, man. I'm just telling you, brother. You're special. You've always been special to me, man. And uh, we don't talk enough. I will tell you that. I will be, I will be remiss in not saying that. And we need to start talking more. Let's do it. And you let uh, me know when. Okay, it's gonna happen as soon as I hang up this this call here, my brother, with you. This video show. We are gonna talk some more after this. <laughs> I'm but I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Okay. All right. My pleasure. Please remember, always lead with your gifts and don't let your age, friends, family, or co-workers stop you from planning or living your dreams. In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones. For those who like to keep it cozy, find fleeces, sweaters, loungewear, blankets, and throws. Or support minority-owned or founded brands by giving gifts from Human Nation and Shea Moisture. And in the spirit of giving, Kohl's Cares is donating $8 million to local nonprofits nationwide. Give with all your heart this season with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com. And we're back. Well, tax season's here, folks, and you know. Hi there. Whoa, where'd you come from? April here to tell you about the tax filing software from TaxAct. Seriously, were you, like, hiding behind my desk? Seriously, TaxAct makes it easy to get your maximum refund. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Switch to TaxAct today, and you can start for free. Or as we say at Radioland. Subtle. TaxAct. File for less and get more. Restrictions apply. Price at filing subject to change. See TaxAct.com for details. What grows in the forest? Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. 
Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.